0: What a great challenge! And uh, I think it was D.L. Moody, who, uh, upon hearing that uh, message with that challenge, it where the challenge was, you know, the world has yet to see what God will do with someone who is fully surrendered to Him. And where He responded with the simple, "I will be that man." And um, I think that is a great challenge, you know, for all of us, both young and old. Um, if we just surrendered to the Lord, there'd be a lot of lot done for Him, but there'd be a lot of lot of concerns and worries that we would have that would be alleviated as well. And so, great song there. Thank you for that, and appreciate the church just being faithful. And again, congratulations to uh, Joe and Chantel on the newborn. And what a wonderful thing! And so, let's turn our Bibles again to Ephesians chapter one this evening. And We're going to start a series Sunday nights again, just for the next three weeks, Lord willing, on uh, this thought of understanding the the church as a body. And this morning we talked about the church really as a family, and tonight we're going to talk about the church as a body. And there's several pictures that the the Word of God gives us about the church, and all of it teaches us uh, different things about the church. And... um, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter one, and we read those earlier, but I want you to focus on that—the uh, last couple of verses there, in verses twenty-two to twenty-three. And hath put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things. So, referring to Christ, it says to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. And if you want to look at really the, the topic of the church as a body, you look at the book of Ephesians. That's a major theme in the book of Ephesians. And then, if you want to look at the the headship of Christ, you can look at the book of Colossians. But tonight, I want to just uh, just simply introduce the thought, you know, of, of the church as a body. And I think all of us here we understand that that we as a church, as a collective, we have the a responsibility, don't we? We have a purpose, and we don't just exist to exist. We have a a great purpose to fulfil, and really the great the, the picture of the body tells us of that but um, I think you would agree with me tonight that a person who's committed to seeing God's blessing and God's growing in his in his or her life is someone who will pl- be plugged into their local church I think you would agree with that tonight that it's it's been of benefit to you as you've thought about how God has used the local church to to help you and it's because you've you've been plugged into a body. Uh, the, our our Constitution simply states the purpose of which our church exists. The purpose is to serve as a church home for those of like precious faith in this area, to conduct services of the church for the worship of God, edification of its members, and the administration of its ordinances, to accept and fully implement the Great Commission as given in Matthew 28, 19-20, to, to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints in Jude 3-4, to 4, to do all things necessary and conducive to promote, maintain and extend the ministries of the church to advance the Christian faith in Australia and elsewhere by the conduct of evangelism or by the establishment of further churches or missionary works with similar objectives and to advance the teaching of Christian principles and faith through Good Shepherd Christian School and Ministry of the Church. So, So you think about all of the different parts of the church. Think about all of the different ministries, you know, um, as I began to understand where we're at as a church and we began to look at all of the different ministries, what I've learned um, over and over again as I've, I've, I've sat with, with all of you and I've observed different churches I've been to, that all of those ministries, if they're going uh, to work the way that they're supposed to work, they're meant to operate together for the same purpose, for the same reasons and that's why we ought to have that mentality and we understand the church is a is a called out assembly of believers meeting with a common savior with a common faith and a common purpose that's who we are and we see that pictured in the bible as a body and you know you think about it the world is pretty obsessed with the body and by the, by that i mean you know the physical body you see all of the ludicrous amounts of of money at times that people will pay to join a gym, right? To get into the latest fad diet, to again and again sort of, um, you know, maintain and and ensure that the body is healthy. And I think there's a good balance to that, isn't there? there? There ought to be. I mean, this is the only vehicle we have in which to serve the Lord, right? So for our bodies, we think about that and, you know, people ambition, to be doctors, to, to help heal, diagnose, and prolong the body's health. Uh, studies and scientific disciplines are dedicated for the betterment of the body. Why? Because we understand this physical body is fragile. Right? I think we understand that probably more than we have in, in recent times. You, uh, you know, If you were to, we were to sit together, I could tell you about friends of mine, both in, in the U.S. and different places around the world, who because of covid have passed on to glory and you know this this invisible this invisible virus is killing people around the world and we have you know we're blessed here in australia that we've we've kept kept it out not to to the same degree as everyone else but we understand that the body is fragile and and so the bible is actually likening the church to a body and we have, we have different parts. We have members. And I want to remind you tonight that if, if you're part of this body, then actually you are to be a steward of it as well. Because you think about that, you think about how, you know, your different parts, they function for the betterment of the whole. They, you know, just like someone who wants to study the body to be able to help others, we've also got to understand how this body the church functions and the responsibility of each of us has to play for it to be healthy and strong and, and you know sometimes we can tend to look at the church as not our responsibility we can sometimes get into the mode of all we have to do is turn up and, and sit where we normally sit and and by the way you better not sit where I where I sit you know and, and sometimes we have that mentality and that approach to to, you know, the church, this body that, you know, we take a, a bit of a non-committal approach. Like, we're just here. But, you know, spiritually speaking, God doesn't view it that way. He views us as, as, as one with many members. We're to be a part. And we're going to see that. We're going to see tonight why the church is a body. We tend to think that all we have to do is turn up, but you know, we we can't simply just sit back and, and then hope for healthy growth and development. No, we've got to be uh, we've got to understand what part we ought to play. And really, when it comes down to it, understanding is the key. And I'm so thankful, like we mentioned already today, that we have the Word of God, because then the Word of God helps us understand, right? And I believe that as we as members of the church, we need to learn how to build up the body. And it starts by recognizing that the church is a body. So let's examine why, all right? You know, uh, tonight, tonight, I hope that we would feel that what we are, we're a living specimen of what God means. I hope tonight that you're not thinking that, you know, what we're, we didn't title the series Autopsy. Because we're not dead, right church? Okay? It's anatomy because we're studying something living. All right? And we're not, by the way, just an organization. We're an organism. We're living in Christ. We're, we're, not, just an, uh, uh, we're not just machinery that goes through. We're not a business that has, uh, has policies and procedures and so forth. No, no. We have the Bible that instructs us and tells us that we are to be a living organism and I hope that we would just have the attitude that we would be a living example of what God would have for us and what God would show to the world. And so, again, well, it's, a, it's a living body that has to be understood and then therefore nurtured. And so I want to give you a couple of reasons tonight why it's a body. And then in the next couple of weeks, talk about the different parts of the church. And we'll get into the Bible about, you know, who is the head of the church, because some might think, well, it's the pastor that's the head of the church. No, Christ is the head of the church. And then we'll look at what part the pastor is meant to play. We're going to look at what part the deacons are meant to play. And then we're going to talk about what, the, what part the members are meant to play. And so th- that's how we're going to study through this. And it'll just be a short series. And, and honestly, that's how I operate generally anyway, is short series and hallelujah to that, right? So... Um, but firstly, I want you to note that really, firstly, it's a body because it had a birth. Right? It's a body because it had a birth. We understand the word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, meaning a called out assembly. And right throughout Scripture, right throughout the Old Testament in type, it's, it's seen. But actually, when you look at it um, in Scripture, it was, it was actually a mystery. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. So quickly turn there, Ephesians chapter 3. And again, tonight, if you would just follow along with me, then we'll we'll get through the the message. Hopefully we'll learn and we grow. But look at verse one. Notice Apostle Paul, he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I wrote a fall in Few words whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So we understand that the Apostle Paul had a special place in God's plan. He was to be a chosen vessel, but really primarily to, to reveal the this new dispensation of grace. And what that is, is it's the the great it's a dispensation we're living in. It's the age that we're living in. It's really the age of grace, it's also the age of the church. He says which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that the gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. He says whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, so he was saying, I was given this special, um, special uh, understanding of this mystery of times past, but he's saying it's now, he's saying it's now been revealed. And what it was saying was previously, as we know in the Old Testament, God worked really exclusively with the, with the, the nation of Israel, but now in the New Testament, he's saying, in the same body. The Gentile should be should be a fellow heirs, so he's, he's grafted in, and it's all through it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and and he's saying that through him he's now got this same body, and now it's no longer a mystery; it's been revealed. It, you know, um, for for those uh, for for ages prior to a child's birth, it was a mystery what that child would be. You knew it was a child. But sometimes they didn't know there would be twins. And then for sure, for many, 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 you know, thousands of years, people didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. But there was a mystery surrounding it until that, that child came out. And that's the picture that God is, is trying to give us. See, we see that, that although it was pictured in time past through the Old Testament as a mystery, it was a appointed a time to be revealed, and can I just welcome you because that's the time we live in now. All right, now many thousands of years have passed, but we're going to see in scripture then where the church's birth is. See, uh, many many will will sort of um, conjecture where where this exact moment happened, but I, I want to just uh, just show you I think where it really did begin and. Uh, in Matthew 16, 18, some people would would often point to this as the starting point of the church. The Lord Jesus, again, He's speaking, He says, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, which by the way, if I can just remind everyone, He wasn't pointing to Peter, little rock, He was pointing to Himself, the rock, right? He, he founded the church on Himself, He says, I will build My church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so, you know, um, you might meet a Roman Catholic, and they might say, well, Peter was the first pope. Listen, he was a little rock. Jesus is the rock, all right? You can just tell them that. And so, understand that right there, though, he was still referring to the church in future. He says, I will build my church. And so, he was still in the process, If you, if I can just go through with that, uh, that illustration, that picture of a birthing, this was still in the process of that. It wasn't quite there yet. And many times the uh, Lord Jesus would refer to the Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a, as a power. And in fact, even in the last uh, iteration of the the Great Commission in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, He says, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses unto me. And so he's previously commissioned them, but but actually, key to all of this was the the Holy Spirit being granted to the believers, and it wasn't quite time yet. Now, turn with me to the book of Acts, and I'll show you when that was. Look at the book of Acts, chapter two, and uh, keep your keep your finger in in Ephesians um, tonight. We'll go back there in a little bit, but Acts chapter two, and we'll look at verses verses one to four, and. You'll know this as the day of Pentecost. And I think that the Bible bears out that, that in, in all reality, although there was pictured and Jesus had mentioned it, that the actual birth of the church was right there at Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mi- of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I'll just pause there and say that the the gift of tongues was given for a sign gift. It was just for that season. Why? Because the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, hadn't been completed yet. So so there was a time where the it was a it, there was a gifting of that but that time is no longer it was sign gifts right but that's not the study tonight but i just wanted to mention that that there was this rushing mighty wind like the breath of god that came rushing into the place that 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 filled them with the holy holy ghost it, it filled them with with the power to be able to do what they were commissioned to do. And, and again, I'm not going to be dogmatic about this. I want to just say that as I've studied, that's where I've landed. And we see that because further down, we see an adding to the church. Look at look at chapter, uh, chapter 2 again. Look at verses 41 to 47. Then they that gladly received His word were baptized and the same day. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And the fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things Common, and sold their possessions and of goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church. Okay, daily as such should be saved, and the usage begins. And so imagine that what I like to call those verses is the it's actually the the church's baby album right right at the birth of the church we see that and the holy spirit the holy ghost started to uh, started at pentecost and uh, you know again when god gives life to something it just seems to be that he gives breath and we live in this present time as part of a body that was birthed really at Pentecost. We see that. And I want you to note that list that we just read there of the characteristics that the, that the church has from its birth. And, you know, it's, it's often uh, said that you can tell a baby's personality from birth. You can tell how they're going to be. And uh, we remember when, when Vicki was born, and, um, and actually I didn't ask her permission, but, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway. Um, but I remember when she was born, you know, my wife and I, we love sports. So we really wanted her to be really, 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 really sporty. So we got all of these, you know, we, we had all of these um, uh, balls, and we I think we even got a little, you know, mini tennis racket. My wife plays tennis, but, um, you know, we were trying to get her into sports and all of that. And she, she's into sports, but sh- we just knew as she started to really sort of, you know, grow a little bit. We just knew her personality. She's a girly girl, all right? And now she's gonna look at me later and go, Dad, how dare you? You know. And you know, I'll just take her out and it'll be fine. But um, but you know we we sort of we saw her, her personality from the beginning. You know, she's a creative. She she's things that were colorful and all of that just it just she was drawn to that. But from, from a little one, from, from birth, we started to understand, oh, this, this is, she's a girl, <laughs> and, and that's how she was. And that's, this, this, is really, this is really what we're seeing here in, in verses 41 to 47, is a bit of those characteristics that actually, as a church now, we ought to be mindful of that that's the kind of personality that the, that the Lord expects of us. You know, it was, again, if I can say, made up of saved and baptized people in verse 41. So, you know, we could have church like we have tonight. And if you're here tonight and if you're not saved, if you're not saved as a person, then you're not part of the church as the way God sees it. You might be present, but you're not part of the church. All right, then we see in verse 42 that they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and a breaking of bread and prayers. So all of those things speak about the fact that the Word of God was opened, that there was a fellowship and and there was that breaking of bread. Now, again, in the context of this, I'm not sure if that's speaking about the the, the ordinance of the Lord's table or they just simply like to eat. Now, you know, that explains a lot as Baptists. We like to eat. But they also, they displayed God's power in verse 43. And that ought to be, that ought to be something we seek in, in our church. Is We want to see God's power on what we're doing for Him. They had unity in verses 44 to 46. They were sacrificial in verse 45. They praised God and had favor with all the people in verse 47. And can I say, God added to the church... And it ought to be that our mindset is that God will add, that God will grow, that God will do something with us. And these characteristics, I'm saying, need to be carried through with us today. And these are they ought to be foundational characteristics that we, we hope to foster here in our church. Why? Because we see it in the birthplace in Scripture. But, you know, our church had a birth in history as well. I was chatting with the, the staff a couple of weeks ago and we were trying to figure out when the actual date. It just didn't seem to be that anyone knew when the actual date of the organization of our church was. And uh, a young man years ago uh, did a paper on it actually and, and I think it was Lisa who found this and it just says on that document and, and again I we can, we can send that to you if you're interested in that. But on this document, it says, On the 30th of August, 1978, Good Shepherd Baptist Chapel was formally organized and constituted as Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And I believe that was verified with with Mrs. Burke and others. But that's when our church in history was born. Right? That's a good thing to know. There will be a quiz afterwards. (laughs) Right? Write it down. But but next year I'm hoping to have our church anniversary on the, the closest Sunday to that date. Because everyone likes a birthday. And so it's just a good a good reminder of what God started and what we must continue. Because God expects that, 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 you know, as He has planted this church, that we would, as He's birthed it, that we would continue to go. And See, this ought to be the time when the church um, has been organized as a local body of believers for the purposes that we mentioned above in our constitution. And and there's those characteristics that we've got to continue to have as we see it laid out for us in Scripture. So our church had a birth in history. You know, I'm interested in that. I'm, I'm looking forward to next year, again, sharing a little bit ahead of time for Vision Sunday, but... Uh, talking about our heritage as a, as a church. You know, listen, young people, you ought to be interested in that because without that, you wouldn't be here in this building. You wouldn't be, be fed the Word of God. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't have the blessing of having a church that cares for you, that wants to see something uh, done in your generation. But I want to say that our, other generations previously, they labored through all of that so that we can have what God has given us today. So listen, we're going to have that time because, again, we're a body. Why? Because we had a birth. All right, notice the next thing. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Let me just quickly read that to you. But it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone, one members one of another. Look at 1 Corinthians as well. Uh, pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And look at verses 12, and we'll read a couple of verses here, right down to verse 26. But it says, For as the body is one, it hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, Who so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many I think we understand. If the foot shall say, "Because I am not the hand, I I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, "Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. So He was the one that placed us in the... And it was His setting of us. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members yet, but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again to the head, uh, to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more, more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need but God. God hath tempered the body together. He's the one that put it together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care, one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one mem- member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. There's a lot there, but here's the, the picture. We're a body, <laughs> and we have many parts. And it's it's not good when there's schism in the body. It's not good when the body fights against each other. It's unnatural. You think about your own body. You, you ever had a schism? I had this... Uh, this this memory, uh, you know, we, we were involved in choir, and there was this young adult lady, I was a teenager, but she was she was about 10 years older than me, but she, she could sing really, really high. You know, I mean high. And she would, you know, often sing our solos and all that. And one, one time we were practicing a little bit, and, um, you know, she was singing this note, and I was watching her, and it was, something was weird happening. When she sung the high notes... her her, her top right lip would quiver on its own. You know, it just looks unseemly, doesn't it? And I kept staring because her lip kept going the other way, you know, and I was starting to get concerned. I'm like, oh, someone should check on her. But apparently that's what her body does. Like when she sings really high, for some reason, this part won't obey. (laughs) And it just looks unnatural, doesn't it? It looks unseemly, like you should be concerned, you know. But, you know, often when regard to, to church as a body, often we sometimes, we don't even notice or we, we sort of just let it be. But he's saying that all the members ought to just, in a sense, just be in, in, in unison. And the, really, the body is made up of different parts, but the body is also assembled by God. And actually, the body is needful of all the parts that God, that God would have for that. And and the, the body is healthiest, I'm saying, when each part is functioning together. You know, too often, I think, in ministry and in church, we sometimes have a myopic view of the church. And that is, we only want to see what, what we're doing and what we're involved in, and then everything else we've got blinders to. Actually, we ought to be fervent about praying for one another. And praying for all of our different parts in the different roles that we all play. I hope we have a list. I hope we have a list in our in our keeping of everyone that we that is part of our church that we regularly pray through that and we regularly know who play who does what in the church. I hope that we do that. Because we have many members, but we're meant to be functioning best when we're together. You know, it's it best functions when it's singular in mind. And we won't take the time, but in Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 to 18, we have a head, right? And the head is Christ. Where where does the brain reside? In the head. And, And who ought to be the one that that directs our movement, that directs the way our our body functions and how each and every part ought to function, it ought to be Christ. And listen, there's too many churches at times who are detached to their head. And we all see the picture, the headless chook running around, a lot of energy, lacking purpose though. Why? Because there's no head. And listen, church, if we're going to function best, we need to be singular in mind. We need to seek the mind of Christ. That that ought to be our our desire each and every day, not our own agenda, how we, how our part is being projected. No, we ought to seek the mind of Christ. That's that's how we're going to function best as a church. You know, In in Philippians 2, 2, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 1 Peter three eight and nine. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion. We we saw this, that this morning, but be all of one mind. You know, we all physically, all of us have different, different brains. We all you know, in our body, we have one. But as a church, we ought to have one mind. That's not my mind as a pastor. No, we have we ought to have put the mind of Christ in us. And that that ought to be. And so we're a body because we have many parts. And, and then I'm just going to quickly go through this. But really, at the end, we're a body because it's meant to mature. You know, um, we have a, a newborn here tonight. What a wonderful thing. And that's a joy. That, that ought to fill the, the church with joy. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's, there's a, an understanding that that child won't be that that baby for very long it'll happen she will grow and you know sometimes we we again forget this whole idea of in the church that, that God is picturing he sees us as a body and bodies are meant to mature they're meant to grow over time and again I won't turn there for sake of time but ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16 talks a lot about that you can look it up later but the goal actually of our meeting together as members of this body is for maturity. We're meant to mature. Hey, listen, we're meant to, we're meant to grow up in Him. That that's the whole purpose of our assembling together. It's to as we mentioned this morning, to provoke one another. That means to call into action, to excite and to exhort one another, to incite by words or advice. And how does the body mature? We understand it needs to be fed the right diet. Right? Not, not all growth is good growth. Right, You can use your own imagination about that. But, but when you feed the body the right diet, it grows how it's supposed to. And we understand that that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, we're meant to have the steady diet of the word of God. And by the way, we didn't look at it, but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that's the role of pastors and teachers. Okay, they're to feed the body with the word of God, but then to exhort you to feed yourself through the week. Right? And so it needs to be fed the right diet. And by the way, that's the whole counsel of God. You know, if you're a person that just likes to read the New Testament and avoids the Old Testament, listen, he gave you both Testaments. Read through. Okay? I want to challenge you next year. If you've never read through your Bible, read it from cover to cover. It'll change your life. I, I, I believe it because I've seen it. All right, so so read through it. Don't don't he he challenges those passages in Acts chapter twenty. He says, "I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God." You know, one of the great um, the great ambitions that I have as a as a as a preacher is to preach through every verse of the Bible. I know a preacher. He's he's a, a someone I look up to. He's preached through the Bible twice, but he's been preaching for seventy years. All right. So if the Lord tarries that long and I'm still here, listen, we might get there. All right, but he went, I'd love to see that, but you know, you can do that in your own walk with the Lord. Read through your Bible. Okay, you need to have the right diet. It also, it needs exercise in its entirety. That means all members need to be active. And again, we didn't read it, but in Ephesians 4.16, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. And we understand that exercise is a needful part for of a healthy body, so too the body of Christ. And what do we exercise? Our spiritual gifts. How do we exercise by serving one another in love? And so we see that, and the challenge there that Apostle Paul gives in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is to perform the doing of it. Right? Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. And so there's no point tonight that as I'm teaching that we're just you know, counting down the seconds till I finish. No, that we're taking it into our heart and thinking, How am I going to apply it this week? What way is God trying to challenge me about this thing in my life? And by the way, the other thing is this if the body's going to grow and mature, it needs to be examined regularly. That's why we had the Lord's table in First Corinthians chapter eleven. That's why. You know, he's the one that walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks and he's the son of man who goes about. And listen, there's going to be times where God will give me a message for us so that we can examine ourselves. And we better be open. But there's going to be many times where we're going to open the time for the Lord's table. See, in 1 Peter 4.17, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God and if it at first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Hey, listen, it begins with us. And so we got examined, and sometimes that's what's needed. You know, you do that. If you ache, who do you go to? Go to the doctor. All right? Some of you, you like to go to Dr. Google, all right, and misdiagnose. <laughs> but we, we must go. We go, and we get examined, and, you know, we hope for the best, but then sometimes thankfully a doctor catches something early enough and we need there's a need for a constant evaluation and listen that's that's what happens sometimes god performs heart surgery on a church but you know it comes to this really if it's going to mature so it's a body because it's supposed to mature but it needs for it to mature it needs to be purged once in a while and in John fifteen two, every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit actually he purgeth it. So listen, it's the fruitful that he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. And and, and you understand purging is a natural process of growth. You you cut your hair, right? Because sometimes it grows to unhealthy lengths. Right? You cut your nails. Young people cut your nails. All right, when I was in school, we had a nail inspection. We did. Now I'm not that old, but you know, we did. We we would every Monday, our teachers would line us up and they would check our nails if we had cut them. Why? Because we know that it's unhealthy, right? And and sometimes purging is needed to be able to uh, facilitate good growth. And, and you know sometimes. Sometimes we go through and there's real you know, we go through surgery in our bodies to remove things that aren't healthy. And sometimes in the purging it's not just temporary, it's permanent. You know, sometimes God does permanent purging. Sometimes he does it for a time, but note note this that if God does the purging, it's always for the, the church's health. And we've got to understand that. That sometimes in God's understanding of what we need, He will purge the church. That, that's why there's a function in the church called church discipline. It's in the Bible. And church discipline, when done right, Matthew 18, right right through First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, if it's done right, it, it produces the right fruit. And we've got to be, be understanding of that. He says in 2 Thessalonians 3.14, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. And there's a process of, of church discipline, biblical, that will produce the right fruit in a church. It'll produce the right growth. It'll produce health. So what am I saying tonight? We're a body. And I want to ask you, are you are you being part of that? Are you functioning the way you should? If not, then why not? Right? If not, then what should we do about it? And and in the next couple of weeks, Lord willing, we're gonna define those parts that we play so that we can do what we're supposed to do. Because here's my hope and desire, church, is we'll just go from health to health. You know, the, the Australia, Brisbane needs a healthy church. Why? Because there's the there are those there are those who need it. They they need the gospel. There are, there's there are families who need mending. And you know what will help that? A healthy body. They can go about and function and be the salt and light that we're called to as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again. Lord, I pray that you would help us this week to be the body Help us dear Lord to understand that we we do we play a part Lord you you gave us in in time Lord the this church uh, this place Lord and, and Lord, all of us to do what we're supposed to do to honor and please you and so I pray that you'd help us Lord to function that way help us Lord to be in, Lord intentional in, in just our, our part that we we play when we come together when we're out about in the in the different parts of this city that we have. And so I pray that you bless our church, bless each and every one, we pray in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Let's all say.